0: another
1: episode of the black sheep Pod. i'm mecca and i am mike i appreciate you guys tuning in um we probably should give a shout out to black wall street since we haven't really yet but this podcast is brought to you by black wall street times here in tulsa oklahoma
0: coming to you live from the studio so shout out
1: to the sponsors and the people who help us do what we do
0: so i was necessarily going to start with asking you about like what's going
1: on with you but at
0: the time of this recording breaking news tom brady is announcing his retirement so i figured let's talk a little bit about
1: that yeah the goat a lot of people love to hate him i don't really so here's the thing i'm in sports you know some people love to be like love underdog stories i've never really been that kind of person i'm more of a man, great teams, dynasties, great players. I respect them a ton and I look, I cheer for them a ton just because, you know, both of us coming from a sports background, we know what it takes to be great at your sport. Not saying that we were, you know, superstars or whatever, but we've played against great people and we know like the, the dedication and the, the effort and the work that it takes to be at the best in your sport. So, so to be the, the, the top of your sport for Fifteen plus years, I feel like athletes especially can can look at that and respect that. So I've always looked at Tom in a in a sense of respect and, and cheering for him and stuff. And so to see him retire it is kind of sad because I want him. To, I want him to still, just, you know.
0: I really want him to go out like do the the last hurrah. The yeah, ride. like Kobe. This is it. Yeah. You would think he would do a storybook finish, but. For him, I know that I saw reports that he said that you know he Tom's a quiet guy. He don't really care about attention. He just when he's done, he's gonna be done. And he doesn't want to do he said the I think I last quote I saw from him is that doing a season like that would be too distracting for him. Which oh. just goes in line for him that he is all about football. He he was yeah. all about winning. And
1: yeah. That sucks because I wanted him to have a uh, a farewell season, like kinda how Kobe did and how even Big Ben uh, Roethlisberger just had. Paul his. Pierce tried to. Um, sorry. I just wanted to take a shot at Paul Pierce because I can't stand him. <laughs> yeah, even yeah, even Big Ben. Which that's interesting because we've talked before privately about, and I don't know if this this might I know where you're going. This might this. get some <laughs> trouble. I know
0: where you're going with this because I do not want to have TV. <laughs> yeah, I,
1: we've talked privately about with different friend groups about um. Man, I am trying to find find a way to frame to this
0: redemption. Like, Red, yes,
1: path, redemption,
0: path to redemption for redemption some and for
1: people exactly and stuff. And when do we give people a second chance after they've committed, you know, done something egregious in the past? Uh, when do we give them, uh, you know, and and say like, okay, you can continue to be in the like the limelight or whatever. Or you can have this back. Um, and for big Ben, so big Ben, you know, there was um i probably should look it up so i'm like being factual he was accused of rape in georgia okay accused was it actual was it rape or sexual assault
0: oh, well, i, I will go sexual assault that way so yeah because i think so i broader. think rape is very specific yeah, let's go broader
1: um yeah pretty sure accused of sexual assault what was that probably 10 12 13 years ago
0: that yeah, was yeah it was, it was a while back um, i was still in georgia I think. i'm gonna google that did you see that when ben announced his retirement did you see what was trending on twitter with so along the lines of redemption okay. mm-hmm. some people you know never forget you know and so big rape was trending on big grape big rape oh crap yeah so what you're about to say is because i think that you're thinking that you're of the mindset that Hold on, big, I'll...
1: okay go ahead I'll, I'm... so it's actually 2009 so yes 13, 13 years ago yep. i was actually accused of raping a woman in the hotel room so you were spot on Um, and he denied it for years. Um, but you know, so I've, I've never heard of anything that has been brought up about Big Ben since, um, you know, as far as like misconduct or anything like that, but I've still always kind of held this, um, sense of like animosity towards him or, just not liking the guy uh because of that yeah well and it's tough because my favorite person ever is kobe bryant and um, uh but you know kobe that's what i was gonna bring up next yeah it's it's interesting because it's like who we we give passes to certain people um who we uh you know like and this and that and i've always I don't know. To me, for, for big Ben, to me, it was, i never really. I don't know. Did did he ever like give off this, like, you know, Kobe had a press conference where he was, he was crying. Um, I don't know. I, I never felt like there was a sense of ownership. Now. I mean, I guess Roethlisberger denied it. Um, I don't know, man. It's interesting. It's, it's interesting the people who you are just gonna let me go down on this I'm ship going, by myself? Because I don't want to I'm gonna say introduce... Chris, Michaelis,
0: Chris Brown, y'all. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> what I was gonna say. You're gonna die on I this ship with me. I don't want to introduce, I don't want to introduce the person that, again, that I'm gonna, that I'm dying on a hill for because we're not ready for that conversation it's yet. Chris Brown, y'all. <laughs> I'm not trying to get canceled <laughs> yet.
1: Yeah, I mean, I just, I, so again, but it's, I mean, with American culture, typically, like people will, you know, if you do your time, I feel like typically American society will forgive you to some degree. Um, you know, because with Kobe, you know, he his his career ended, and he was one of the one of the most beloved, you know, sports figures ever. Um, but for a while there, people like literally, I mean, he lost all of his endorsement deals. Yeah. I mean, same thing with Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods won all of the. Um, the different names came out of, or, you know, just different ladies came out um, and see what happened. Like he lost, they lost all of those um, endorsement deals, you know, millions, tens of millions of dollars. Um, but, you know, they, they had to go through this process of, all right, you know, you gotta go through the fire and lay in the bed that you've created. And after a certain point, like if you're, uh, you know, remorseful, if That's you, right. yeah, like if they, you they, try they, to be they, better they and stuff come like back. that, you know eventually you're um you know allowed back in society's good graces
0: so i will say that i think that i want because this is a conversation about cancel culture as well like mm-hmm. i think that if you do something egregious if you do something you should you know pay the consequences but there should always be a way back for yeah. an individual there should always be some form of you know, if you, again, like you just said, if you are, you know, contrite, if you are like, you know, remorseful, you should find a way. You may not get, you may not win back every one that you lost. Yeah. That's a consequence. But I just don't necessarily agree with like once canceled, always canceled, especially yeah. if a person is willing to make the adjustments. Um, acknowledge they're wrong and search for a better right
1: right So like like michael vick michael vick's are, it's and all these these are all sports <laughs> yes. sports uh guys are bringing up but michael vick is a great example of dude i mean so like tiger woods you know didn't go to they just lost money right kobe ryan just lost money uh chris brown just lost money michael vick actually went to to prison mm-hmm. for 18 months um my eyes up are- very loud car outside. Yeah, I'm just parked right there. Apparently. Um, Michael Vick literally went to prison for 18 months for setting up a, a dog ring, um, dog fighting ring. And, um, you know, I guess I, say, I, I think initially I saw someone say the judge was more harsh than him because I guess initially he kind of like lied about it. And, you know, said either he had like no involvement or this or that. And then as more information came out. But dude literally went to prison for it. Did his, did his time, came out, spoke against what he was doing. It's not allowed to own pets ever. Like, I feel like he he did all of this, the things necessary that society determines, Hey, when you mess up, this is what you have to do. On top of that pursuit a career, going back to his career,
0: mm-hmm. people don't recognize how hard it is to take time off and to work to what it takes to be a professional athlete at the level that he was playing at Um. Gets a second chance from Andy Reid and people today. I mean, he would do everything. Press conferences play great games and people just like, oh, he's you know,
1: oh, he kills dogs. He shouldn't be allowed back he here. Be, really, yeah, yeah.
0: And because America loves dogs more than it loves his people.
1: Apparently, man. Like it, it it's kind of mind blowing. The people that you can still talk to today. I'm not sure when that was the Michael Vick thing. I mean, we we're just it's probably around honestly the same time. It was it was around like two thousand no, I'm thinking about TI, I think. T I. Yeah, yeah, I went to jail. um that was oh wow in 2007 so yeah I was just graduating high school um yeah around that time and and still to this day people will dog Michael Vicks and, and again I'm not we're not excusing anything that these these guys have done um but again it just goes back to at at what point are people able to like live their lives again essentially and like and like and try to rebuild rebuild their lives so let's make, this, so interesting conversation we're having because now we're talking
0: about redemption. Um, I know when I look over my past, not a perfect individual, um, have made plenty of mistakes, have done, have wronged plenty of people. And if I were judged by some of my worst mistakes, I wouldn't be here to be able to talk to you guys right now. I mean, look, people know me as amazing Omeka. And they don't know that I had, I have done some stuff, boy. Like, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. There's, a, there's a lot back there. Yeah. Um, but again, when I look at, you know, different artists that I think are super talented, um, that you know have what I consider unfair judgment, um, it's hard to see. It's hard. Again, I just don't like seeing people condemned for, like, ever.
1: Yeah. I mean, if we were all yeah, you know, I guess that that's the, you know, there's a luxury and a curse with fame essentially. Um, you know, part of the curse is you can, man, well, not even just for famous people, but like some people, like, some people are literally defined by their worst mistake ever. Um, and my God, that is a fear of mine. Like, you know, cause I'm, I'm right there with you did not have a, uh, a, a perfect past at all. Um, and You know, I would hate that if, you know, ten years later, fifteen years later, um, people are still bringing up, you know, whatever the worst thing that I've ever done, um, and not really giving me a chance to, like, just live my life and have a have a second chance, essentially. Um, Yeah,
0: that'd be awful. Even when, okay, so as second, so speaking of second chances because since we started this on Big Ben I'm thankful for the second chance to be a imperfect ally when it comes to yes. women. Absolutely. Um because I grew up in a you know hyper, you know toxic masculine culture. culture. Yeah, yes. so I grew up making jokes and saying things and it's like Yo, know, I hope to God that, like, I'm thankful that social media wasn't a thing back when I was growing up, you know? I
1: think like, it still was. I've got some statuses from 2007 you know that right. pop up on Facebook uh, as your memories. And I'm just like, oh, my God. I was talking reckless in 2007. Man, I was using, I was, talking I was using, you know, again, we, we, so we have a very similar backstory as far as growing up in that athletic jock culture, the hip hop culture and stuff like that. I mean, you gotta remember music back then, extremely homophobic. <laughs> back, <laughs> and, back then? <laughs> well, well, shoot. <laughs> I mean, music that we listened to back then, artists we listened to back then, extremely homophobic in the lyrics and stuff. And so that's why, mm-hmm. like, I see statuses that come back and say your Facebook memories and, oh my God, like, I- like, oh, that was that, that, that was the line you picked up the whole song? Uh, oh man, to? the things that I would post, and I'm just like, oh. And then, you know, I would see like public Facebook comments uh back and forth between like different girls relationships and uh like friendships in my life and I'm just like, oh man, this is awful. And so yes, now somebody who is has has learned and is not as ignorant as I was back then, um, it gives us a chance to be, like you said, an imperfect ally. And honestly, like I, I think every movement and we've talked about this before um in the past, but like every kind of like movement needs those like imperfect allies, right? Like people like women need they don't need like, a perfect guy to to speak up for them. Um because I'm gonna be honest, there probably aren't any like guys who have done it completely perfect. No perfect men out here. Right. <laughs> but um there needs to be like I don't I mean there's a sense of also like um what is it? maybe like fear or shame that may hold some guys back from being like man, like I want to speak up for women and I want to, um, you know, say what's right is right. and What's wrong is wrong publicly, but I know I've got a past and, and, um, you know, that can be held against me, but we, every movement needs imperfect allies. Right.
0: I think that as men, again, like I said, ain't no perfect men being on the top of that totem pole. Well, white men are at the very, very top of the totem pole, but, i don't even know what i was about to say man i don't know i never never, (laughs) never, never, got racing to it Uh, um never mind what i was about to say let's go back to the sports thing because we started with tom brady we we trying to get tom brady roses and then here we are talking about (laughs) cancel culture (laughs) Uh, not about you yeah yeah, sorry we love you but but tom's been perfect yes but the play gate
1: but um yeah man i know i don't think think, we're getting for that right i think cancel culture it it, honestly is something to Cause it's so prevalent in our society and honestly i i mean i, th- I feel like cancel culture is a and i, I honestly i kind of hate using that term cancel culture because i feel like it's m- m- eight times out of ten cancel culture is really um a um people suffering s- consequences consequences for, their actions. for your actions yeah. is really what it is yeah. right which to me falls under the umbrella of Oh, that's just capitalism that America loves so much, right? America is built on this capitalistic society. And, you know, we, we parade that and we tout it around to where, you know, if this, the CEO of this company says some racist stuff, okay, then the the consumers, then we're going to use our money. We're going to say, everybody boycott this service. And we're going to go over here to this other one. That's a form of capitalism that we love. And that's a form of here are the consequences for your actions. Um and it's not this, you know, there's certain people and either in the news, the media, or politicians, or you know, who love to say, Oh, that's just that's there's that cancel culture going again. And it's like, no, that's we live in an era of we live in the era where everything is on camera,
0: everything everyone makes money off their likeness. Like so it's its own check and balances you know what i mean like if mm-hmm. fame and fortune if you're getting if fame and fortune going hand in hand and you you know mess up again people are going to take away that form fame and try to take away that fortune
1: do you want to be famous more famous than you are now i mean uh, think in mecca who's been on ellen uh, man
0: that's a lot of responsibility that i don't think that you when you count the cost of it it's not, it's not worth it for me because
1: do you want to live your life in a fishbowl where people are always able to look
0: in? I'd argue the fact that since we are on social media, we are in that fishbowl that people are looking at. Nah, there's, there's a bigger. There's levels, because there's levels. You can all.
1: be in an aquarium to where you can go duck in, you know, your little, uh, you know, behind the plants and things like that. And you can kind of not be seen, but I'm talking about fame to the level of no, or you're in a fishbowl, you're the one fish in there by yourself, and it's fully, you know, those round fishbowls that goldfish are in. That's not the kind of life that I want to live. Um, because what one, if the fortune
0: comes with it? What if you the, know,
1: tens of millions?
0: That tens of millions doesn't like I don't need tens of millions to live the lifestyle that I want to live. Like the life like I'm more so which I'm chasing a lifestyle of the lifestyle of rich and famous. You, you know we we thought that we wanted that we, we. all i mean i mean we as people it's for the, like kids growing up we, we all yeah. think that we want to be rich and famous. famous yeah yeah um yeah. i mean honestly i that. mean look i work with kids now and sometimes i when i do groups and ask kids what do they want to do you know to these days kids want to be youtube famous they want to
1: be uh twitch famous and I'm like, eh, you don't know what you're really asking for. Like, I mean, Honestly, I'm kind of there. I'm, I'm there with them. Isn't it crazy how kids nowadays, like they don't want, want to be. And it's so wild that our parents' generation, which I don't know what that is. What are they, boomers? Um, they look at whatever that youth generation is now. What are, what are we? We're millennials, right? Millennials. So I guess that's Gen, Gen Z. Z behind us. Like boomers look at Gen Z and go, oh, look, like this is the detriment of our society that kids want to be youtubers and twitch stars and stuff like that and I'm like the hell it
0: is hey it, look there's a there's a meme that I see that's like you know I woke up and saw that a you know 13 year old kid just made you know three million dollars off of one video on YouTube it's right. like
1: okay hey, more power to them I don't it's
0: you know um yeah I'm all uh, i to say it I want to be YouTube famous I as well. I do not want to be that famous because even so, again, let's talk about the fact that when I look at Ellen and Ellen Show. so In fact, it's her birthday this past weekend. So oh, happy, happy birthday, birthday Ellen. Ellen! We hugged once. I I see the price of fame that a person has to live with on a regular basis. Like because if you're when you become that famous, you have to put up walls around you to insulate yourself from just the nonsense criticism. You know, and it's not that people don't deserve criticism we just talked about the fact that if you mess up you deserve you know you deserve whatever comes yeah, your fire, way for right yeah um but that's when you mess up that's like that's like the again that's when you mess up when you become a certain level of famous there's just going to be people that are just picking every song like you. just right. all the freaking time and, and projecting probably because the thing is and they attack what they attack the thing that you are elevated for. So again, who who is Ellen? Ellen is the be kind person. Mm-hmm. And the way they attack her is like, oh, she's not really kind. It's like, you don't know that. You really like you really don't know that. Because, yeah. you know,
1: you put you get put in a position. Because we know that. Yeah. We she is. We, we know no, that. We personally firsthand know. Because um, again, you, I, I you, hugged her once. You,
0: <laughs> you get put in a position where Again, eyes are constantly on you. You show up somewhere, and people are just always on you. I, to a very, very less degree, I'm a very big people person, and you know, I, I, you know, you, you've gone out with me, and we go, and we, we're stopped, and we're talking to people. That can get exhausting. Can you imagine what that is on a where you can't hide. I can go to a different city and and essentially hide. No, nobody know who I am in Dallas, like, right. but everyone knows who she is anywhere she goes, and. You just got to stay on, like staying on. That's not good for your mental health.
1: I think it'd be good for like everybody and especially the people who are, you know, on social media and just ripping these either athletes or artists and stuff. It'd be good for um, everybody to get like at least like one, like it'd be nice for everyone to have like a famous friend or something like that Um, because then you're able to see that number one, there are people just like us, right? Like they they have their their highs and their lows, their good days and their bad days. Man, I don't really know where I was going with that thought, but yeah, I think just with us, you know, the different people that we have in our lives, you know, knowing people who are either you know verified on social media or who are millionaires and and athletes, top of the game, this and that. Like it's a weird flex, but I, I get it. I don't. It, to me, it just it it's shifted my uh, perspective on those people of like because you know, I feel like there's a large part of the population and stuff who think like movie stars and athletes and that are like these, this weird robotic cult to where they're, you know, doing like blood sacrifices on children, all this kind of stuff. Like, like almost like they're in like this separate class of humanity. And I'm just like, man, just, if you ever get lucky to meet someone like in, you know, in that class, you'll, you'll see like, Oh yeah, you know, y'all you just know, people like us, man.
0: Interestingly enough, you know what? I am reading Will Smith's uh, new book, Will, or his yeah, his new book. Yeah, and I'm jealous. It is it's a it's a great read. It's been a great read so far because he really takes you into who he is. Mm-hmm. And in the be- one thing that I haven't finished reading the book, but I can tell you right now that we do not know who Will Smith is. Yeah, like from. If you have watched all his movies, if you have watched every episode of Freshman Speller, if you have watched every interview he has done, I guarantee that you do not know who Will Smith is because, yeah. as you learn in his book, Will Smith is a walking ball of insecurity. Yeah, and everything that he's done has been to
1: basically Man. combat that. Yeah, I watched the making. I, I watched he did you know YouTube series, so I'm I am that person who I've watched all his stuff. I mean, Will Smith behind Kobe Bryant. Will Smith was like my hero growing up just because I connected so much with him and more so his character on Fresh Prince. So like, I, you know, I've I love the guy and I was watching his past couple of years. He's been going ham on social media Um, and on YouTube. He's created the show where he was making that book and it was like an eight week or eight part series show on kind of his process of making the book where he would have, he has a writer help him um, with the ideas. Mark Manson. Um, he would bring his family together for like readings of chapters to discuss it, to either scratch out certain things that they don't want to talk about or maybe expound on certain other, like other things. And and the emotions in him like where he would read chapters to his family and stuff like that. I'm just like, oh, damn. like, And he talks about the insecurity a little bit in there
0: it's very wrong and even better than reading i'm listening to an audiobook Mm -hmm. and he's he's reading the book and so you got to think of you're hearing him give it his emotions in it what are you listening to that on
1: audible Uh, is that does amazon own own audible yes i get these emails every like every day I i have like two free credits for amazon my amazon prime and i need to uh Definitely. That would
0: would be one that's
1: worth it. Yeah. Yeah, man. I I remember I've watched his video where he talks about the insecurity. Uh, I mean, there was a point not to give uh, a ton of the book away, but there was a point where, um, he was just contemplating life in general. And that shit made me like tear up watching the YouTube video Because, because again, I, to me it was because I connected with him so much. I do want to say again, that goes back to people don't know what it's like to be, rich and famous. They think right. that, like,
0: you can't just buy happiness.
1: You yeah. really can't. You know what's crazy is a story just came out. Michael Beasley, who is, a, I think, a, he's probably your age. He's like a oh, year or two yeah. older than me. Yeah. Okay. Michael Beasley. I mean, he went to to high school out east in the DMV. He's an NBA player. Um, yes. NBA player who's, I think, like 33 right now. Um, but I, I like grew up with him. So I've always known Michael Beasley. Grew up with him in a sense of, like, he was in high school at the same time I was both playing basketball, so he's kind of like like a, an idol to look to, but not really. But he played for the Lakers a few years ago, probably four or five years ago, which is my favorite basketball team. And there was one game in particular where he is checking into the game and he still has his warm-up pants on. Like, the game has already been going on. I think we're in the first quarter. He's going to check into the game and his warm-up pants are on. Um, he looks down and, you know, the Lakers are wearing their yellow uniforms and he's got black shorts on. And he looks and the ref calls him in to check in the game he walks in and he looks down and he has to run back he to has to room run back to the, to the locker room while the game is going on like in the middle of the game he instantly turns into a meme where you know he's getting roasted on the internet i remember laughing hard at that i did yeah i mean i laughed at it as a lakers fan i was, I was probably embarrassed as a lakers fan to be honest because it was probably during a rough season but you know i laughed and giggled i'm sure you know i'm not going to absolve myself and say i didn't like him. I'm sure I probably shared some jokes about it. Um, but he just spoke to, I forget which, it might have been like GQ Sports or something like that recently, like within the past couple of weeks. And he came out and said, man, you know, I'll never forget that that period of my life, like, uh, he was like, my feelings were really hurt by the world. He was like, you know, at that point in my life, that was one of the roughest points of my life because he had lost his mother to cancer at that time. And then that day of the basketball game, uh, his cousin had passed away. Mm-hmm. And so he said, so he said, you know, I didn't want to, I wanted to go and play the game because my mom, his mom had cancer, I think battled it for at least a year. And he, I remember him saying that he was always, I admired her toughness in that. So he's like, I wanted to be tough. So I went to the game and played the game. Uh, his cousin passed away and he's like, I was trying to be tough. He's like, but at that moment, when like, when the, essentially when I turned into a meme, when the world was laughing at me, he's like, that was, An extremely low point.
0: Going through the worst thing,
1: worst season. And we're laughing at it. I'm just like, and when I read that quote, I'm just like, oh my God. So again, that's where, that's where it comes into play of like, man, all of us, like just learning that these people are people, people, humans, humans. they're going through the same emotions. We are the highs and lows. They make mistakes. That's why it's like. So that was something
0: I used to always think about, you know, when you were watching, cause sometimes I have to forget, you know, it's good that we played ball and we are fans of, of sports because again, the term fan comes from fanatic and I have to sometimes check myself and go back into- I didn't know that. Player um, and athlete and sometimes snap out of fan um, or spectator, because when you are in fan spectator like mode, you don't see like the human. We we are, you know, we want our team to win. We, see we you know, so the, yeah. yeah. So it's funny because people forget like, yo, anyone here that has a job that they show up to every day, you know that even if you're going through something, your work doesn't stop, but there are days that you can have that are just rough. You go through a breakup, you go through, you have a car accident, someone in your family dies, you show up and you your, your energy is not there the way it it usually is we've had athletes who you know have had terrible games yet we judge them on the game not knowing what is going on um in the background i think again like when i look think about the uh, bubble with uh, paul george and him having like the different issues like mentally he is having but yeah we made we roasted him like i mean it's just tough sometimes When i think when i again snap out of fan into like okay i mean to what's me, going on okay cuz
1: okay. he's a clippers player and so uh <laughs> i'm just playing yes well that's you know mental health it's funny that you say mental health because to me that was something i kind of wanted to bring up and just i had a question for you that i wanted to pose do you think the focus on mental health so like our uh, mental health is a very big talking point mm-hmm. in society right now do you and you work i was, the question for you specifically was because you work kind of in that field i'm um, in that field <laughs> I'm a therapist. But yes, go ahead. All right. Um, just like you're a journalist. <laughs> do you think the focus on mental health as, as a society right now is either like on, on a spectrum? Do you think it's, or it's not enough to where we don't talk about it enough as a society or like it's just right? Or we're kind of like are overplaying it and talking about it too much to where it's become like a buzzword and not really. Like, where do you think we are? Because I feel like COVID and quarantine and just these past couple of years have really shine the light on our mental health. Um, I feel like a lot more people have mental health, um, not like issues in the sense of we just don't prioritize it enough as a society. So I think it's a function
0: of all of those things you just mentioned. I think that, again, I think we, we historically have not given enough attention to mental health and it's always, it's always been there. I mean, I think people started looking, not I think, but I know that people started looking at a lot when soldiers from World War II started coming back and they were being diagnosed with shell shock, which we all know is PTSD today. And as we fast forward, we're now in an age and a time where mental health, the focus on mental health is now like beyond just uh, soldiers. It's like everyone, everyone has issues, issues as in like life issues. I think that right now we should prioritize it and it's still it's going to end up being a buzzword and everything becomes a buzzword. Once we use it once we label the what sucks about our society is that we will label something and we use the term enough and then people it it loses that's its how I feel,
1: value. talking about cancel culture. <laughs> like it,
0: yeah, it just yeah. loses its value, but it doesn't mean that the term loses its value, but the the what's the word the 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 Substance shouldn't lose its value. I mean, we all go through moments in our lives where we feel depressed. Uh, not everyone goes through clinical depression, but again, if you, if someone close to you passes away and you don't feel sad about that, you, you probably have different mental health issues, right, you know? Man. And I think I'm, I'm glad to see that our society is starting to shift to a more, Open place about talking about it and removing the stigma around it because the stigma only reinforce only reinforces poor mental health and we're not good individuals if our health is in the tank. Like yeah, if I broke okay, well never mind. We'll just, I won't go with the analogy with the leg and breaking.
1: You broke your leg? Yeah, just, just never mind. But just you don't go got no legs, Lieutenant Dan. Speaking of, I saw that the, meme. Yeah. Yes, I to you actually. Okay, okay let's, let's talk about that a little bit because that goes into church and that goes into our next uh, topic. Okay. I sent Mecca this meme. I'll just preface it and I'll let you kind of go no, with a, your experiences I'm a, with I'm a, it. I'm going to bring it up because that joint is funny. <laughs> okay. Kevin, so there's this uh, comedian, he's like a Christian comedian, but he's uh, called Kev on stage. And he had this meme where he, he asks he posed the question, hey, what is the wildest thing that you've ever seen in a church service, like with your own eyes? Um, uh, and then I'll read, read it it. you gonna read
0: it. I'm gonna read it. Here we go, boy. Let's go. This. You got this. <laughs> All, All right. right, don't mess up because I'm gonna roast you. So, someone responded. They said, I was at a revival and this preacher was healing people. Healing people was in quotes, right? In quotes. Yeah. Went up to this guy in a wheelchair with a blanket over his lap, down to the floor. The preacher screamed, Get up and walk, and ripped off the blanket. <laughs> the dude didn't have any legs. <laughs> Oh, that ain't, oh my goodness! Oh man, if that ain't this even oh, on, just even Christianity one
1: but the whole revival. Of, look, we,
0: I think we've talked we talked about this in like episode one or two or whatnot. But I've been in that situation, just church experiences, just, yeah. Just where you know you people coming up and just they're looking at the chair and it's like, oh yeah, I got. In fact, great story. Guy comes up to me, tells me that he wants to pray for me. I'm like, what do you want to pray for? He's like. I feel like I can look at you going uh, uh <laughs> this man starts to rub his hands together and is telling me that he got fire in his hands and that if he you know he's like man I've been in this country and I've seen these hands do work you know oh my gosh <laughs> I, I've laid hands on people I've seen them I've seen legs extended I've seen you know, hand grow, things like all this type of stuff. And it's like, man, anytime I feel the heat in my hands, I know something's about to go, something's about to happen. I'm, I'm so jealous I
1: wasn't with you at this moment because I would have recorded every all of this on camera.
0: And so at this stage, I didn't know how to really like, how do you let down someone that says they want to pray for you, you know? I think that- No, nah, I'm good, G. I th- now, these days I am very much okay with just like, now nah, I'm cool. But then it's just like, all right, you know, the worst thing happened, I'm like, you go ahead, and get it off your chest let me see what this is
1: less about him helping you this is more, more about, about him, him than, and him and than, doing it for himself but that's
0: you know so i'm like all right man let's see what these fire hands can do come on bring it on inferno so he starts praying and he's like touching my hand touching my head i'm like man this man's hands is hot like <laughs> you've been rubbing you've been rubbing for a while like these hands is hot like get to the point of amen and he looks at me he's like how do you feel yeah, uh, feeling pretty paralyzed, right?
1: <laughs> I actually can't feel.
0: So. Uh, feeling feeling the same, man. Like, all right, hold on. I <laughs> went back to the well. Went back to the well, double down. Oh my god! So now at this point, I can't even focus because I'm like, I'm just laughing. I'm like looking at. I'm like, it's okay, man. Like, maybe maybe just a cold day for your hands,
1: man. Like like you try again but you don't try again with me man but that's man It's crazy because you've talked about before i think like you said first episode or we've talked about it um how just like religion kind of looks at you and they see you as quote you use the term broken right Mm -hmm. and people feel like you're something that has to be fixed um when number one we we all need to be fixed just the fact that. You have something that is visible. but don't we have
0: my hype button. We don't but have what's going to hit it. But uh,
1: yes, like we all have, again, going back to what you said earlier, we're all living life. So we have things that uh, internally, like mental issues that you had, had referenced earlier, like that need to be dealt with. But it's so when you, you mix religion into that and man, they see somebody who has an external um, quote unquote brokenness, it's like. Oh yeah, we. Uh, uh, I need to fix him. Last topic. Let's just say, it like, because
0: we're on religion, and we let's talk about a national and local story, Um because again, we, as this is religious society, we can get things wrong a lot. Church gets things wrong a lot. Um, yes, we do. And so I don't think that this is how ha- I think this this particular situation happened after our last recording. But our local church here, uh, Transformation Church, uh, Pastor Mike Todd is a very is a very famous pastor. But he did an illustration about a week or two ago where he was illustrating Jesus healing a blind man, and he put some spit in his hand and rubbed it on his brother's face in uh, for a illustration video went viral and he received a lot of backlash for that uh just not only for the fact that we are in the middle of a pandemic but the visual was just a very extreme visual so your thoughts
1: yes so you'd probably think i'm gonna go like bring it up to go watch again but i cannot watch Uh, no i i no no no, um i my thoughts so again this well so I've been pretty tough on the like evangelical church slash Christianity over the last um, ever since twenty sixteen, really, because uh, I think twenty sixteen really illuminated a lot of issues that like the church as a whole had. Well, I shouldn't say as a whole, but the church that I've seen out here in the Bible Belt, yeah, twenty sixteen illuminated a lot. So since then, I've kind of wanted to pull myself kind of back from that and not be associated with it as much just because golly, things that they would say slash do, I felt like it was just very wrong and very anti the message of Jesus. Right. And so I've been very outspoken. Transformation is like that would technically be like my, it's my home church. Right. I'm a member there. And so when I saw the video of Mike do that, I was like, Ooh, like it was the cringiest thing I've ever seen in my, my life. And um oh, the most disgusting i, I got a very i, I got a very queasy stomach when it comes to stuff like that so i've literally almost vomited and i was just gonna like i wasn't gonna speak on it but i'm like you know i, I feel like i kind of have to because again this goes to the whole like you man when people up? when people mess up that you like like do you like where's the favoritism in that uh, so like that bad. night i feel like I, I i would tweet it and you know who am i who cares about my opinions in at the end of the day? But. <laughs> I did want to show the same energy to somebody that I liked and supported that I would show, you know, someone else. Um, and so, yeah, I was just like, yo, this is awful. I feel like this is one of the things where you look back and you're like, yeah, we missed it. That should not have happened. And I I think I even tweeted like you, I don't personally believe and I, I, I feel like this is probably the correct belief in the sense of like, I don't have to agree with every single thing my pastor says or does, yeah. right? I feel like if you do, or if your pastor is, is telling you that, and I've seen videos of, you know, Jake sent us a video once, or of this like small church somewhere, with a oh, pastor you know, yeah. going ham on somebody, talking about, like, I'm the pastor, I'm the one in charge here, like you listen to every single thing I say, and this is, a, like that is a sign of uh, a toxic leadership structure like if you're at a place or and i'll just speak for the churches like if you're at a church to where if you have to believe every single thing your pastor says or regurgitate every single thing the pastor says or like leadership at the top i feel like that's an unhealthy no,
0: um, that's not a church that's a cult
1: exactly and that's a cult. I, I mean and so yeah okay And so yeah just with that whole Mike situation like i was just like oh yeah no nah, i'm not rocking with this and i think this is pretty wrong and i i understand where people are like offended not even offended by it, but like just, just grossed out by this. And like, what is this? So honestly, I thought I thought Mike and T C were gonna kind of just let it blow over because historically the, the church, the like the overall church of Christianity does not have a very good track record of what speaking to their wrongs or acknowledging their wrongs, right? Mm-hmm. And um and like owning the wrongs. So I was just like, oh, this is just gonna, you know, blow her. But honestly, he was blowing up like worldwide. It be, it became a trending topic like on twitter like the main trending topic not just the for you section and stuff and so um what was it the next day maybe like a day or two afterwards he released a um a video you know on all all the platforms just saying like like apologizing for it saying hey i this is hold on there was no apology in there i just want to make sure that
0: you like if you go back and watch like not coming for you or can just it's an apology video with no real apology. It was an acknowledgement video.
1: Yeah, an acknowledgement of that, hey, this is a distraction and we missed the mark and I went overboard is what he said. I mean, I, did he really need, like, he didn't need to apologize to a viewer because he didn't do anything to the viewers, right? But he did say like, yes, I, I you know, I went overboard, went too far with my demonstrations and stuff like that. And I, honestly, I was shocked because again, we've been in the church cult- church culture since we've been out here in Tulsa that you typically don't see that from... A, a church, especially a big figure like Mike, you know, who's, you know, super popular and, and, and all that kind of stuff to where it's like, oh, we're going to acknowledge this and kind of own it and own that we've messed up.
0: One of the things, I guess my thoughts on it was just like when I, I didn't even really want to watch the video because I, because I, I mean, I've seen the demonstration before. Yeah, cause you did it last year. At least I thought I saw the demonstration you, you before. You did it last year with mud. The last year he, which, had, he had dirt in his hand. And- which was more, cause so that was more my issue was like, I've seen the mud one, which was take. if you're doing an illustration, you're going to say that you're, you know, you're illustrating it straight from the Bible word for it. Okay. That's cool. I Again, it's, it, there's a lot of things that could be done in place of, you, you know, actual spit and mud, things like that. But to go from that where it was kind of straight from like the story in the Bible to this, which was, definitely away from it more an analogy
1: than the actual
0: visual representation of that specific miracle to me i'm wondering like okay what was the conversation of you know when you're going you're like all right we're going to do this illustration because you know it's going to be disgusting you you know it's for shock and awe Um, shockingly awful and to me it was more so just kind of like like cheap like cheap shock and all you know cheap like clout yeah like it so that's that was my my only feel from it was like we're you're definitely better than this like but if you got the i think that you're the whole reason why people do cheap clout is for numbers for views for to be the trending topic and so i think you know at the end of the day if you're looking at what was our goal in doing this? And then what would, you know, because at the end of his acknowledgement video was, Hey, I advise you to go back and watch, watch the whole thing. There a bunch of stuff that, you know, you trying to get more eyes on your product. You know, I guess there's no, you know, what's the whole adage? Bad PR is still good PR.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, yes, I agree with everything you're saying. I, I would be really shocked if a religious organization would look at that and think that that is an acceptable uh, route to take as far as like. No, it's not. That's, a, that's my point is that it's I not. mean, It's one thing if it's like celebrities and, and doing some stupid Jake Paul video to like get views or whatever like that. To me, that's, that's one thing. That's more of like indicative of the culture in which we live. But if a religious organization is kind of going that route and using that, to me, that's like, oh, yeah, that's awful because you're, you know. Back to the question you asked, do you want to be rich and famous?
0: And what will you do for it?
1: Great question. And
0: I wish I had the hype button because I feel like that was a good circle back. Yeah. Shop the mic.
1: But yeah, so I mean, I guess that kind of goes to the my hill for the week hill that I'm willing to die on.
0: Let me make sure I mention that even with all. So I guess this all goes back. Mike had a lot of uh, backlash, a lot of national backlash, well-deserved backlash, and even then still deserves a, you know, re- way back redemption, which he's gonna get because when you are a pastor you can do no wrong to some people like they're gonna be you can go out on fifth street and kill someone and that was us. yeah
1: yeah i guess I'll, I'll i'll die on that hill that everybody deserves a a chance at redemption you know it's i'm thinking about so last week i'm pretty sure i died on this hill the first week but oklahoma just executed the first um Inmate for 2022, um, a couple days. What today's Saturday? Two days ago on Thursday, Oklahoma executed a guy, and to me again, that's just you just eliminate. Like, there's no pathway for redemption there, right? Right. And I absolutely like. I hate that, and I hate that our culture and society. I shouldn't say our culture because most states are getting it right nowadays. Oklahoma is one of the few states that is very vengeful, venge vengeful in their quest to. Kill prisoners, but yes, I mean, I feel like everybody uh, deserves a path to redemption, even those who have committed, you know, the most egregious things imaginable. Now, like what what redemption looks like for them, I'm not saying like let's say let's they can be a, a working member of society as if nothing ever happened. I'm not saying that, but like man, everybody deserves a path to to amend. The wrongs that they've committed, right? I would never want to be held responsible for, or not held responsible, but <laughs> I would never want to be have you know the wrongs that I've done or the worst thing I've ever done held over my head my entire life or be killed for it. And so that's where I'm going to go. Is everybody deserves a uh, you know a path to redemption? Can I? Can I? Can I? Join we can be on you the on same the, hill. I think um, we're on the same hill last week, like Forrest and Bubba. We can. I'm go gonna go back join to you on
0: that hill because
1: even in the my
0: role, the job that I have, they some of the. Clients that I have have done some of the worst things that you.
1: Now, I can about do. your students or like actually people because
0: I know your, your students have done some wild stuff too. Yeah, so, no, both. Look, both. Like, yeah. I, to be honest, I know, I know people that have killed, have taken other people's lives. I know people that have beat up people, like have done some really mm-hmm. awful things before the age of sixteen. Mm-hmm. And if I don't, if there's no path for redemption, what am I even doing? Why do I even have it? Why do I even, you know, if you don't believe that a person can be better than their worst moment, what are we even living for? So yeah. that's the hell that I'm willing okay, to That's a great,
1: uh, great clip right there. <laughs> yeah. So that's where we're at. We appreciate you guys. Uh, thanks. For tuning in. Us. Um, yeah, I'm Brady's retiring. I'm Brady's <laughs> retiring. That's what we get. That's we're, we'll start and end with that pb12 is out um but no we appreciate you guys listening in following along man if this is on facebook definitely subscribe to the uh the podcast tab on our page because we have that now to where you can listen to these um shows directly in facebook but share it man give us a like tell your friends tell your mamas we'll see you guys in the next episode